2: Two of extra point right here on kdos am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports it's wednesday it's july 26th bob camp caleb mortellaro with you up until noon today as we typically do mondays wednesdays thursdays and fridays and uh we'll get into the 49ers discussion here we'll also get into some nfl discussion but as we typically do in hour number two let's make sure we reset today's poll questions and uh, get you orientated to cast your vote here and we'll start with the kdos 1060.com poll question which is in regards to the nfc it is, uh, What? who is your selection to win the NFC if Brock Purdy is healthy the entire season? You had Matt Mayoko of uh, NBC Sports Bay Area joining Bob in the 9 o'clock hour. And if you missed it, podcast, KDOS1060.com or with the KDOS1060 app. But talking about Brock Purdy here, and uh, he's been cleared to participate in training camp activities. Obviously, the team is going to be cautious with him and I think he's sitting out today's training camp, but he'll be ready to go later on in the week. They don't want him throwing more than two, three times, uh, uh, two, three days in a row, obviously coming back from offseason elbow surgery. But here's the question. Who is your selection to win the NFC? If Brock Purdy is healthy the entire season, and right now we're in a 50-50 split between Philadelphia and San Francisco. And it's just kind of, interesting here because these two teams elevated themselves uh last year uh as being the cream of the crop in the nfc and there are still so much of the core that has returned but there's also still some questions if you will because for the the philadelphia eagles jalen hurts he got his big time contract he's ready to go uh but you also have two new coordinators on the both the offensive and defensive side of the ball you didn't lose as many defensive players on on philadelphia's side is maybe you kind of anticipated heading into the offseason with so many free agents there so there's plenty to feel confident and good about if you're philadelphia in the eagles for the 49ers you also had matt myoko talking about how nick bosa is um sitting out right now until a contract is done a contract extension is done for him uh and the 49ers it doesn't really seem like it's a situation where there's uh too much animosity everyone is kind of on the same page and something uh will get done so of course you have nick bosa being such such a threat uh so important on that defense some changes as well to some defensive personnel which we'll get into here a little bit later on in the hour uh also, probably mainly the biggest one is defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes coming in as D'Amico Ryans has moved on to the Houston Texans. Uh, and then for the 49ers, you on the offensive side of the ball, you still have Kyle Shanahan uh, making the decisions uh, with the offense. You have plenty of playmakers and weapons to get the ball to. If it looks like Brock Purdy is healthy and ready to go and get those playmakers the ball, you feel good about what you saw from him in his starts last season the question then becomes who's going to be the backup quarterback you kind of felt like you brought in an insurance policy with Sam Darnold especially guaranteeing him like three million dollars and then what do you do with Trey Lance because a couple of years ago you made those major moves to trade up to get him so kind of fascinating I guess maybe more from the backup point of view about what's going on with the 49ers because the foundational pieces are still secured so that's currently in a 50-50 split We'll answer it around 1130 today. Tossing this on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Should the Suns try to acquire point guard TJ McConnell? Just a little bit of the backstory here. Uh, gosh, I guess it's been about like three, four weeks ago now. Uh, there were some rumors that there was going to be some package pieces together to try to get T.J. McConnell. Didn't come to fruition, and uh, the Suns ended up moving on from campaign to the San Antonio Spurs. Yesterday, Mark Stein reporting that the Suns are interested in T.J. McConnell. So here's the question. So, should the Suns try to acquire him? He's currently with the Pacers. The masses just keep growing on the yes side of things at 818 percent of the vote no trailing at 18.2 percent that's on twitter at kdus am 1060 and we'll answer it around eleven thirty today let's get into some nfl topics and we'll save the 49ers conversation when bob can rejoin us in the next segment uh the quarterback market though This has been, you know, just a fascinating trend to watch because it's been for quite some time now that uh, the next quarterback in line ends up getting the the best deal so it's just kind of a progression as to you know if you wait long enough you get more money and the next player on the list here getting a deal done yesterday was quarterback Justin Herbert with the Chargers it's a five-year extension for him worth 262 and dollars uh there's potential different guarantees involved but according to nfl network it could be worth up to 218.7 million in guarantees which would put him behind deshaun watson in total guarantees it also includes a no trade clause then, when you look about, as I was mentioning, you know, kind of who's the next quarterback in line to get their contract and what is it per year? Herbert leading the charge there with 52 and a half million per year. Lamar Jackson at 52 million per year. Jalen Hurts at 51 million per year. And now all eyes are going to turn to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow is next up. I know Joe Burrow has kind of talked about this here on and off. Uh, The last I heard him say is that he feels confident that everybody is going to be able to stay and get paid, because obviously you have uh, some pivotal pieces there with Jamar Chase as well in line for a contract extension. But to me, this is fascinating with Justin Herbert and just the overall conversation involving how important quarterbacks are how they're paid with the utmost importance and then it's coming on the same day that Saquon Barkley gets his deal done with the New York Giants and it just kind of feels like things aren't adding up if you will and and what I mean by this here let's just first talk and go through step by step about some of the frustrations that Bob has had with Justin Herbert especially last season uh you know not getting it done in the playoffs, not getting it done down the stretch as well. So some context for maybe how numbers are inflated, numbers are nice, how does it translate to wins? Wins aren't always a quarterback stat, but wins are always closely connected to quarterbacks. So when you look at Justin Herbert numbers-wise, his he holds the record for the most passing yards through a player's first three NFL seasons. Herbert's sitting there with 14,089 yards. He is the only player in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards in each of his first three seasons. He's also tied with Peyton Manning as only the only other quarterback to pass for 25 touchdowns in each of his first three seasons. So those are obviously very impressive numbers. I understand as well that we live in an era where uh, we pass the ball a little bit more. Justin Herbert has a cannon for an arm as well. Then you go down to where are they at win-loss-wise. Not everything is on the quarterback here. That We've talked a lot about Brandon Staley and what we think about him as the Chargers head coach. But his 49 career starts... He's 25 and 24, so he's one game above 500. Obviously, I think this deal, being where he's at, he's obviously next in line, so of course this deal was coming. Anything less than this wasn't happening, just the way that the trends go with quarterback position. But I do think this ratchets up the pressure a lot on Justin Herbert, and I think it ratchets up the pressure a lot on this Chargers team to take that step and start to try to really push the Chiefs in the division and push – push for better playoff runs uh, when they get to the playoffs. Also, though, on his own team, you have some discourse with the running back position and the running backs themselves wanting to get paid the value that they think they bring to a team. I am always pro player get as much money as you possibly can, but I do think maybe things are a little bit skewed out of whack right now. And some of the running back production, let's specifically talk about Austin Eckler and just what he was able to do for the chargers last season. Uh, 204 carries 915 yards 13 touchdowns 107 catches 722 yards five touchdowns how many games did we watch last year though with the chargers where they were down keenan allen they were down mike williams they were down key playmakers and austin eckler was the person that was basically never coming off the field he was playing every single down and he was in charge of of moving this offense. He was Justin Herbert's security blanket. He was Justin Herbert's playmaker, whether it was running the ball, uh scoring at the goal line, whether it was taking a screen pass and making it into something. So I think that he has a point here about the running back position and just where things stand because you look at this monster contract for Justin Herbert, you feel good for him, happy for him. Austin Eckler, though, he was upset about his contract in the offseason. They were able to get something done and it turns out when you look at it, it's like, oh my gosh. So nothing changed in terms of base salary for Austin Eckler. It ended up being1.75 million dollars in incentives for him this season. Turn that into what happened with Saquon Barkley yesterday as well. It became a one-year, $10.1 million fully guaranteed deal for him. So that's exactly what the franchise tag was going to be. And it ended up being $11 million with incentives. So the incentives include $909,000, and it's all tied to performance, and it's also tied to whether or not the Giants make the playoffs. This is such a giant, friendly deal. I'm very surprised Saquon Barkley agreed to do it. I guess it just kind of shows how much he just wants to play football and wants to be out there. 1,350 rushing yards and a playoff berth. He has to have at least 11 touchdowns and 65 catches in order to get that incentive, $909,000. Also, we could be in this very same situation next year with Saquon Barkley and the Giants because he can be franchise tagged once again, if they want to, that was not excluded in this contract that they made. So that's just kind of where we are with the names of big time contracts that took place. The running back and the quarterback situation, we'll have to find out what's next for Joe Burrow. He's next up on this list of the players coming out in that 2020 crop and where they go. But also when you're looking at it too, Joe Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, I mean, we had that whole conversation last year about Burrow head, and obviously Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs shut that down. But there's been some major moments for Joe Burrow. Now can Justin Herbert have those major moments for the Los Angeles Chargers. It'll be interesting to see the pressure is on for him to achieve. We will have Bob Kemp back on the other side of the break and we'll get into the San Francisco 49ers next. It is the Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060.
0: Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com, at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060.
2: AM 1060 online at KDOS 1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Suggest you download the KDOS 1060 app, take advantage of the listener rewards available to you. As right now, Superbook Sports has put up a $100 gift certificate, and so you just have to register, follow along with the instructions for how you could potentially be eligible for that $100 gift certificate. To no surprise, here, the Cardinals have uh, put out who the, th- the players are that are starting on the PUP list. Uh, that would be one, Kyler Murray, like I said, to no surprise, tight end, Zach Ertz, and then maybe the surprise here is linebacker B.J. Ulery.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's uh, yeah, Ujulari uh, uh, from LSU, and uh, he's a really good pass rusher in college. So hopefully he can translate that in the NFL you know These PUP lists, you know, unless it's somebody like Murray and Ertz for that matter, because there's plenty of people in the NFL that do not think Ertz will play another down with the Cardinals, uh, that uh, they'll do something one way or the other with him before the season starts and they like McBride, et cetera. Uh, but a lot of this, you know, the P, uh, PUP lists around the league, unless it's a surgical repair and we know these guys are going to be out for a while, uh, I don't pay much attention to those things at least early in camp because you know it's not you know they don't have the same rules now. If you're on the p u p to start the season, I believe you have to miss the first six games uh so somewhere in that area, at least a few games. so that's when I you know definitely really pay attention. but uh yeah, you know, right now, you know for most of these p u p things around the league i don't think it's terribly alarming i guess the news is now when you have guys like you know the purdy news from yesterday with san francisco or it seemed like it was a big news story last weekend that garoppolo passed his physical with the raiders uh so i didn't that kind of threw me maybe i just didn't understand the situation or you know didn't understand their explanation of the situation uh, but, you know, those are the kind of things that kind of – that, that those things catch my attention.
2: For me, my understanding of that situation was if he didn't pass, then his contract was voided.
1: That's pretty significant. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So,
2: like, everybody's holding their breath that he passes, especially since I'm not really sure what their backup plan was. Uh,
1: yeah, you know, I don't the backup plan left, right? Yeah, Jared yeah, Stidham's so. in
2: a different team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: So there you go.
2: All right, let's get into the San Francisco 49ers here. Bob had a conversation with Matt Maiocco in the 9 o'clock hour, if you missed it, podcast, KDOS1060.com, and the KDOS1060 app here. Obviously, it's a solid group of veterans returning. They were 13-4 and last season, a trip to the NFC Championship game, and we know uh, what happens when you lose all three quarterbacks in a game. Nothing pretty, but when you talk about the foundational piece here though for the 49ers they're still in place Brock Purdy who stepped in after the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo last year did really well he's recovering from that UCL injury he has been cleared to participate in training camp Uh, they'll be cautious with him as Matt Maioco was saying he probably won't uh, throw you know two days or three days in a row so they'll be very careful about him Uh, so when it comes though to Sam Darnold they brought him in the off season on a one year three and a half million dollar deal I know what you think of Sam Darnold they also have Trey Lance uh is he though on the roster after training camp will they have a team that wants to trade for him
1: I'm sorry who are we asking about Trey Lance Apologies. uh he'll be on the team um I think they have to do that you know the you know, the fact that you know, Purdy did not have the Tommy John surgery you know short term that's good because he's available now uh, long-term, and can he actually make it through a season? And, you know, I actually, I'm kind of indifferent as far as Darnold goes. I'm kind of, I guess, in the minority. Uh, you know, not as good as everybody thought, obviously, but uh, I saw some signs of okay when he was in Carolina. So we'll see with that. But, you know, I, uh, I would be shocked if, you know, Lance is going to be on this roster at the start of the season unless, unless he has a new injury, too.
2: Running back position for this Forty ers group, we obviously know about Christian McCaffrey. He was uh, cu- he came in in October. They went on this great run with him winning games. Uh, he now will have a full off season and camp with the team. And then in the backup position, you have Elijah Mitchell, and you also have the emergence there of Jordan Mason backing up Christian McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, and I think Mason's really important to point out here. I, I actually I probably should ask Matt about him. Uh, because, you know, obviously McCaffrey's uh, had some non-complete you know, complete season situations because of injury. And Mitchell, too, last year. And if I remember correctly, Mitchell was beat up a couple of times when he was in college in Louisiana. So, you know, that, that third running back could be a big deal here.
2: Offensive line, you lose right tackle Mike McGlinchey in free agency. He got uh, a contract that you just can't pass up when you get money thrown at you like that to go uh, play for the Denver Broncos, but you still have Trent Williams. They added veterans John Feliciano and Matt Pryor. I don't know how much John Feliciano and Matt Pryor still have left in the tank on the offensive line position, but at least you still have Trent Williams there on the left.
1: Yeah, those other two dudes are playing. Something went wrong. Uh, but there's no question. I did ask Matt specifically about McGlinchey, and certainly, uh, certainly, that's the biggest. Uh, you know, I think they've had this is a team, not surprisingly, uh, possibly because they've had so many succe- uh, so many uh, successful seasons here of late, either getting the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. What is it? Three out of four years now. Uh, so they don't have a whole lot of uh, training camp questions. But the you know, right tackle. Is uh, certainly, yeah, McKeevitz is going to be the guy, but we really haven't seen him be the starting right tackle before. Uh, So we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, they they don't have a whole lot of questions as far as player personnel. I actually think their biggest question about anything is uh, the defensive coordinator position. You know, D'Amico Ryans obviously has left and gone to become the head coach of the Texans. And uh, you know he did a tremendous job. He obviously had you know nice nice guys to be a tremendous job or to do a tremendous job with. He, he had a full deck for the most part. Uh, but uh, Steve Wilks, who I don't think anybody's ever really even I uh, has not been. I don't think we've been critical of Wilks as a defensive backfield or secondary coach or a coordinator. He was just the worst head coach, probably in Valley sports since I've been here in any sport. Uh, when he was had the one year with the Cardinals, I remember like two weeks into training camp, it was just a, you know, it wasn't going to work out. I mean, he was just at that time not fit to be a head coach. But he's a new coordinator, and uh, yeah, he has a defensive backfield history. Uh, you know, whether it be a, you know, a player or a, a coach. And uh, you know, the fact that he's leaving, you know, Ryan's was a you know a linebacker and a you know, tremendous linebacker in his day, and yeah, you know, that front seven uh, was dominant. They had good players, but also Ryan certainly seemed to get the most out of those guys. So I think the biggest question to me about the Niners this season is, you know, does the defense have a few subtle changes? Uh, even though Matt was quick to point out they basically kept the entire defensive staff except for Ryan. And it's Wilkes' job to kind of learn the terminology, which was already existing, and what their preferences are. But there's going to be, he's going to be calling the signal, so it's not going to be totally the same for sure
2: would you agree that in a defense that really had no weaknesses the weakness was the secondary and if steve yeah. wilkes's background is defensive back secondary etc that maybe that's helpful for him to kind of understand how to best put those players in positions to succeed
1: totally agree with that i think that's a tremendous accurate assessment there yes uh in fact i i'm fairly certain and when he got hired is that uh get when he got that job i don't remember who the other quote candidates were supposedly uh who they supposedly were but it just i'm pretty sure we declared that this kind of makes sense because they could use a little help in the secondary and that's his specialty
2: uh, when you look then as well, uh, you're talking as Nick Bosa, once they figure out the contract situation, he'll be with the team. Arik Armstead, he's still with the team. And then they brought in Javon Hargrave in the offseason. So that's your D-line. Uh, you still have Fred Warner, who played 17 games in the regular season, 130 total tackles, 79 solo, two sacks, one interception. And Dre Greenlaw uh, played 15 games in the regular season, 127 total tackles, 82 solo, two forced yes. fumbles, one interception, from the middle of the defense there
1: that's true they have the incredible linebacking situation now they got to replace the third guy he left uh, so I think that's probably the biggest question personnel wise in the defense
2: when it comes to this team here I also think maybe underrated no more Robbie Gould
1: well yeah um you know uh, Robbie Gould was a guy that uh you know Made a, you know, a lot of clutch kicks for them, and they played a lot of close games. And uh, you know, as, as Matt pointed out uh, in the Sports Zone, you know, Shan, he thinks that Shanahan uh, was—I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I'm going to paraphrase as close as I can get here. Uh, he was uh, reluctant to take a lot of chances. They almost never went for it on fourth down, and often, quote, settled for three. And I also think that's in part because, uh, you know, I don't think there's any question that, you know, the, you know, basically Shanahan did not fully trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Whatever you think of Garoppolo, and I think less of him than probably anybody, but even if you thought he was okay, uh, the head coach clearly did not have a whole lot of confidence in him to put the game on his shoulders.
2: When you break down this 49ers schedule here, week one, they're on the road at the Steelers, week two in L.A. against the Rams, week three welcoming in the Giants, and week four welcoming in the Cardinals, that's how they start uh, weeks one through four. I would say that's fairly favorable start.
1: Yes, I would say, I call it soft, in fact. They have a soft start, but then the next four games—you know—you kind of go to the second group of four: Dallas at home, at Cleveland, at Minnesota, and Cincinnati at home. And then they have a stretch of four out of five games uh, in the uh, from—it's just a brutal stretch. Uh, November twenty-third through December twenty-fifth, they play at Seattle. Uh, they have a playoff revenge game at Philadelphia, and then they play Seattle again. Those yeah. are three of the opponents during that stretch.
2: First of all, those two teams, the 49ers and the Seahawks, are going to be battling, as it is, physical football. And then you sandwich in the Eagles there, which is also going right. to be a battle with potentially your tiebreaker implications if you just – think on paper how things might go between the, the eagles and the 49ers that stinks that uh, that's how the schedule unfolded <laughs> if you're a 49ers fan
1: that's true but i do like the nfl you know one thing we just talked about the you know the baseball situation the reds and the brewers are currently playing their final game of the regular season right now uh, they have played 13 games already they have played three series this month and you know, while the you know, baseball schedule has gone to a more balanced schedule, I do think it's unfortunate that they, and there's other you know, teams that are contenders in a the division, they're done playing here soon. Uh, for instance, Baltimore and New York don't play after this weekend, the Yankees, uh, and so forth. So I do like the fact that the NFL has backloaded uh, their schedule as far as division opponents in the, the last few weeks of the season. But it is kind of interesting that they play like you know, three games, you know, twice in you know, like a three-week stretch and, and, and so forth. Uh, that's, I don't know if that, that's completely fair, but you know, it's nice that uh, the division maybe will be decided, even though quite frankly I think there's still a difference, and uh, I wouldn't say sizable difference, but I think that I would be, I would be, I would be surprised if Seattle was within one game of San Francisco – at the end of the season i think it's a more of a one game margin between first and second in the division
2: well let's get into those vegas numbers over 10 and a half wins at minus 142 Uh, under 10 and a half wins at plus 116 to win the division the 49ers are at minus 160 and the seahawks are at plus 190 i know we still have time uh to talk about the seahawks later on in the week but is that maybe enticing to throw something at the seahawks for the division
1: not for me i rarely make division bets uh so we'll see but um you know the 10 and a half thing i thought that matt had an excellent point that number i did not check that number after the news yesterday when garoppolo uh, excuse me garoppolo when uh, purdy was uh, you know, declared declared at least you know fully cleared to practice uh so that number might have gone up from 10 and a half but matt's point was, that he wondered if that number was established because there was you know a lot of speculation throughout the off season and these totals go up earlier and earlier every year. Uh, the the speculation then was is Purdy even going to be ready to play at the start of the season? So I think that that's a hundred percent correct on Matt's uh, Matt's point that you know that I think that played a role in the uh, in the odds maker making that number ten and a half. Now I did see some you know there's some there was some juice on the on the over on that uh, even before yesterday. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some 11s out there at uh, various betting locations today.
2: Uh, Then you have, to win the NFC, the Eagles plus 330, the 49ers plus 400, the Cowboys plus 600. Super Bowl odds for the 49ers is 10 to 1. I just thought it was interesting to go through some player props because, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey is their star running back. Over 850 and a half rushing yards for him, minus 112. Under 850 and a half rushing yards, minus 112. For me, that's really hard to do with Christian McCaffrey's injury history in addition to how many different dynamic players that the 49ers have and the different ways that Kyle Shanahan deploys them. Sometimes uh, he's not running the ball. Maybe he's like catching swing passes uh, more that game. So for me, uh, Christian McCaffrey is not somebody I'm looking at in the player prop market. Uh, Debo Samuel, though, receiving over 750 and a half, receiving yards minus 112, under 750 and a half, minus 112. George Kittle, he's sitting at over 750, 675 and a half under 675 and a half all of this is minus 112 uh it'll be interesting to see how george kittle kind of fits into all of this as well it seems like his usage really depends upon who the quarterback has been so now if he does get a full off season with brock purdy how all of that is is deployed into the offense
1: well his numbers were not good before purdy became the starting quarterback at least good by his previous comparisons Uh, But, yeah, when Purdy became the starting quarterback, Kittle was the guy that benefited the most numerically from what he was doing previously. I'll add one one more thing about the McCaffrey thing. I think it would also, if I were an odds maker, I would hate trying to establish over-under totals on anything to do with McCaffrey because of the injury history.
2: And also on the defensive side of the ball to lead the league in sacks, Nick Bosa at plus seven fifty. Uh, obviously, he uh, he also has to finish through a, a full season, but no doubt he is a dynamic pass rusher and capable of being incredibly disruptive. We'll continue to talk about the 49ers as we answer the KDOS 1060 poll question, uh, KDOS 1060.com poll question on the other side of the break, in addition to the Twitter poll question regarding the Phoenix Suns. Still time for you to cast your vote in both those locations before we answer next. It is the Extra Point on this Wednesday, July 26th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortellaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and And Fridays, those poll questions are next.
0: Tune in weekdays to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp from 9 to 10 a.m. on KTUS AM 1060, KTUS1060.com, and with the KTUS 1060 app.
2: AM 1060, as always online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's time now to answer our poll questions and we'll get things started here in the segment with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who is your selection to win the NFC if Brock Purdy is healthy the entire season, Philadelphia or San Francisco?
1: Okay, obviously if Brock Purdy is healthy the entire season is a key part of this question. And I'm on record last year and this year already saying that the, 40, uh, excuse me, the Eagles have uh, the best uh, you know, roster you know, from top to bottom. of any They're the most good players of anybody in the league. I actually think they have the deepest roster. Uh, however, the Eagles have a much more difficult schedule, in my opinion, than the uh, 49ers do. I think the, the toughest part of the 49ers schedule, other than that end-of-the-season thing, they have five East Coast trips. Uh, you know, they've also a couple of those are back to back, and they've been known to, you know, for over the years they stay in Youngstown for like, you know, young, you know, the, 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 you know the, the the home of the DeBartolo's. Uh, but you know, they stay in Youngstown. and They don't go back. They don't go from East Coast to West Coast to East Coast and then back, and then go back to the East Coast for another game. So they you know, minimize the travel basically and there's a facility that they work out in canton and that's worked out well for them in the past they also have a ridiculously good record probably everywhere but they have like eleven wins out of fifteen games in the eastern time zone in the last year you know, three or four years here but uh... that schedule you know, the, the the that's a lot of stuff if you're in san francisco and you're traveling to the east coast uh, for a bunch of games so that could be an issue too uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers here, though, um, because I just think that the there's no question that the Eagles schedule is far more difficult based on not just last year. I Look, schedule strength, that is, you can do a couple of ways. I know some people just take the records from last year and decide, okay, that's how we're going to do this. I think the best way to do it is actually go through the over-under totals of all the teams this year and uh, try to figure out that way who has a tougher schedule and the Eagles have a tougher schedule than the 49ers if you use that uh, method there.
2: Yeah, so I I think, first of all, just the divisions that they play in. uh, The NFC West this year is going to... I mean, yes, the Seahawks are going to push them, but I think you know the Rams and and the Cardinals uh, aren't going to put up as big of a challenge for the 49ers as potentially the entire NFC East could for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, So just based upon that alone, division-wise, you can kind of lean in the direction of the 49ers and then for all the other reasons that you pointed out for schedule uh, things of that nature for the Eagles Um, in addition to that uh, uh, yes both teams have questions now so For the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, how is he going to step into that role? You have promotions for for the Eagles uh, with the departure of Jonathan Gannon as well as uh, Shane Steichen on the offensive side of the ball. So some questions there, maybe just a little learning curve of getting all on the same page. I I think with that said, though... uh, the 49ers were in a pretty good position and i felt strong about them heading into that game against philadelphia last year and then they lost all their quarterbacks and then it resulted in what it did I i do think though that they can put some pressure defensively there and make things a little bit challenging for the philadelphia eagles uh so i would lean in the direction at least right now with the 49ers
1: okay we're in agreement
2: we are, and the masses have come around, too. They're on the San Francisco side of things <laughs> at 54% of C- the vote. Because
1: we can't be wrong, so they gotta be, they're got to be. they in agreement with us. They're, they're coming around. Correct. As you said.
2: And the yeah. Eagles at 46%. Uh, that's the KDOS1060.com poll question. Flipping this on over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, should the Suns try to acquire point guard TJ McConnell? Uh, this had kind of been rumored a couple of weeks ago, and it didn't come to fruition as Cameron Payne was traded to the San Antonio Spurs, but yesterday Mark Stein had uh, a report that the Suns are interested once again in T.J. McConnell. My question here is, what do the Suns have left right now to make available for T.J. McConnell? And so I think it's like logistically impossible right now, Uh, but I don't think that it's impossible when the calendar hits December. I think there's some things that they have available to them to make some moves to maybe do an in-season trade with TJ McConnell, and I would not be opposed to that. I think they need uh, a point guard. They don't have one. Obviously, the the conversation that Bradley Beal will be the main uh, ball handler, we know what Devin Booker can do with the ball in his hands as well, but for TJ McConnell, he's not looking to score. He's not going to be one of those those players that needs uh to be a scorer to be effective so he certainly is more of the distributor which when you have all four of those guys Kevin Durant Devin Booker Bradley Beal and DeAndre Ayton on the court uh and then especially if DA is going to continue to be a focal point as Frank Vogel wants him to be on this thus this offense he needs the ball given to him he's not creating shots for himself so you need somebody who is going to include him in the offense and so you need a point guard and i think tj mcconnell would be a uh, good fit
1: i agree with all that Uh, i will you know kind of push back a little bit i don't think the nba thinks that tj mcconnell's that good a player i think he's okay um yeah, He's not a starting point guard, most believe in the NBA. And if he's here, he's not going to be the starting point guard for them either. Uh, so, But he's a actually I think the big, biggest value we'd have here, other than somebody who can run an offense, but he can actually guard people. He's not the greatest defender of all time. He's not a shut-down guy, et cetera. But he will certainly help prevent – uh, the Suns, uh, the, the, I think the biggest issue for the Suns defensively the last two or three years is that anybody that can you – know, any perimeter player that can you know, off the bounce get to the rim and get in the paint at will, uh, that has destroyed the Suns' defense. Um, that destroys any defense if that happens. But their perimeter defenders have been not good at that at all. And uh, he would be easily – immediately number one and as far as being able to solve that problem or at least uh, reduce that problem to atrocious to maybe average because you know like I said he's not a shutdown defender etc but he at least can get in people's way and uh, it wants to play defense that's also a lot to do with defense if you want to play defense uh, that's uh, that's part of the deal so I think that that would be the biggest benefit for him, other than the fact that they can have at least 20 X number of minutes per game of him on the floor running an offense.
2: The masses are in agreement. 81.8% of the vote, no trailing at 18.2%. This is on Twitter, at AM 1060 Has there been a bit of a switch in the NBA in terms of um, what, what I mean by this is that defense seemed to kind of go by the wayside but here of late it seems like the value of you only being an offensive scorer and if you carry such a high uh salary with you it's making it harder to be a part of deals because the playoffs prove that you need to be a two-way player
1: maybe i have no idea i think that's a really good question um something i really haven't mulled out over and you know, quite frankly, I probably not going to do that for a while with the with the NFL starting here in college football. But I think that's a legit, really legit, very good question, and I, I have no idea how to give you a, a you know a coherent answer on that. <laughs>
2: Well, I will just say that the Celtics and Jalen Brown five year three hundred and four million dollar supermax extension. He becomes the highest paid player in NBA history. The contract is fully guaranteed, and there is no player option during the final year of his deal. However, this likely won't last long as Jason Tatum is eligible for the Supermax next summer, which would go higher than 304 million. So that's what's up in the NBA. We wrap up the extra point next.
1: We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for
0: you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com.
2: It's Wednesday, July 26th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's that time once again, Bob. It's thank you time.
1: As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else sip through the cracks. Also, our guest today, the first of our 32 NFL team previews. We started with the 49ers. Then we had Veteran Sports Zone guest Matt Mayoko from NBC Sports Bay Area. Also, tomorrow at 9.15, we'll preview the Cardinals. Howard Balzer will join us from PHNX.com. Uh, so we'll look forward to that. Cardinals' first training camp practice tomorrow afternoon. Also, Sound Day, courtesy of Fox, Bally Sports Wisconsin, Major League Baseball, and NBC. Special thanks as always to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next.
2: Up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster-Beerstein from five to six this afternoon it is the diamondbacks uh hosting the st louis cardinals jack flaherty going for the cardinals zach Gallen going for the diamondbacks 12 40 p.m start dbacks.com slash watch to find out what channel is best associated with your network to continue to watch the diamondbacks this afternoon and Uh, Tonight, what I will be doing at 6 p.m., U.S. women's soccer going up against the Netherlands today. Uh, It is game two in their group stage play. They beat Vietnam already, so now they're taking on the Netherlands tonight at 6 p.m. on Fox. You had some craziness already happening this morning with Canada coming back on Ireland this morning. Ireland, though... This is not the category you want to be in. They became the first team since 2015 to score in the first five minutes and then lose games than in the world cup they lost the game even though they scored in the first five minutes of the game so uh should be a fun one tonight for u.s women's soccer though taking on the netherlands and i'm sure bob you've already seen lionel messi's uh crazy goal that he scored on a on a free kick and then what he did in last night's game i'm sure you're all caught up on it and what he's been doing in his mls debuts
1: uh okay yeah, I've heard of him. Okay, that's
2: good. That, that's at least yeah. a start. I, I don't know how you bend a ball that much. Like, that's just impressive how he was able to do that. And just, uh, it, it, yeah, I, I definitely am a fan of watching people do physical things that are just mind-blowing, that you're like, wow, how can you do that? That's incredible. And I'm sure his that teammates also feel the same way.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah, I will doubt that. That's, no doubt.
2: As always, we appreciate you taking time listening to us here on KDOS AM 1060. You can always follow along online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by SuperBook Sports. As Bob mentioned, Howard Balzer from GoPHNX.com set to join us to talk Arizona Cardinals in the nine o'clock hour, and we'll have much more in the extra point as well. Have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday. The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp tomorrow at 9 a.m.